The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Best Search Strategies, presented by EngineReady.com. EngineReady doesn't just do the best search strategies, they create them. Now here are your hosts, Jamie Smith and Brian Lewis. Welcome to the Best Search Strategies, presented by EngineReady. EngineReady doesn't just use the best search strategies, they create them. You can find out more at EngineReady.com. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Jamie Smith, CEO of Engine Ready, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Vice President of Marketing, Brian Lewis. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Brian. Thanks for joining me today and many other days. <laughs> today we're going to be talking about the 13-point checklist for PPC success. Um, but before we get started, I just wanted to let you know what you can look forward to on the next couple of weeks um, on this Best Search Strategy show. We're going to be covering some advanced uh, Google Analytics settings and strategies. We're also going to be talking about some ad copy in the, in the next coming weeks. But for today, we're going to focus on the 13-point checklist of how to optimize and stay ahead of your competition with paid search. So, Brian, what is the easiest way for marketers to think about challenges um, when obtaining their PPC campaigns and trying to optimize for success? Well, one of the first things that, I, that I, I want to mention in that topic is that did you know, Jamie, that there are only 13 things you need to know to be successful in PPC? Wow. Okay, he knows I'm kidding. And there's a lot more than 13 tips. Uh, but what, what we're going to do in the, uh, the next half hour or so is go over the 13 major things you need to know that encapsulate all of the hundreds of different types of tactics that are available in managing your PPC. And I'm going to apologize up front, Jamie, because we're going to rush through this thing. This is normally a half-a-day seminar that I'm going to try to go through in about 20 minutes here. So we're going to go through this real, real quickly. Uh, but uh, w- what I want to first get across to the listeners is that there's more to managing your PPC than just thinking about your bids and your ad creative. In fact, what I like to think of is that there's three different uh, sections to maximizing your PPC performance. One is macro-related, and that's looking at, at, at yourself and your own marketing, your unique selling proposition, uh, looking at your competition, the economy, demographics. The second area to look at is your actual campaign, and here we, here's where we talk about the, the, the actual pre-click tactics that you use, uh, the right keywords, bids, your ad creative. And then the final major section is your website. Is your website really doing the best job it can to convert that? We can do everything right uh, on the macro and to really, really understand our marketplace and our customers, and we can do everything right on the pre-click part of it and, and have the best keywords and the most strategic bids. Uh, but if our website is not optimized for our user experience and for conversion, uh, that's not going to do us that much good. So let's go ahead, uh, Jamie, get uh, started here real quickly on the macro section. Uh, we've got uh, a few tips to talk about there. And the, and the first tip under the macro section is uh, an area that, as an agency, I see, I see it fall through the cracks a lot in, the, in some of our brand-new clients. And that is setting goals. And there's, there's two types of goals. A lot of people are familiar with uh, quantitative type goals, you know, the numbers, but there's also the qualitative type goals. And the qualitative, what we're talking about there is 
what is it that you want that visitor to do when they arrive on your website? I mean, most of the time, it's you, you want a sale, sales, which you consider a conversion or, or a form fill. But sometimes, you know, you'll settle for uh, a, a newsletter sign-up or, or some other type of action like that. You really want to make sure that you understand what it is that you're looking for. That's going to be the whole purpose of why you're getting into PPC. I, I remember I had this client once when uh, we were starting to manage her account, and we were bidding down some of the keywords that she had bid real highly, and she said, wow, those are my bread and butter keywords. And I said, well, how do you know? And there was this silence because she had not really identified how she was going to evaluate success. And so that's what we want to do is first evaluate what is it we want the, the person to do when they, when they reach the site. As far as quantitative goals, I like to use an acronym SMART, uh, S-M-A-R-T. Uh, S means specific. Make sure your goals are specific. You know, don't say I want a cost per order of less than $100. I, I want a cost per order of 50 or maybe 50 to 60 type dollars. Make sure that your goals are measurable because if you can't measure them, there's no way you're going to be able to determine whether you're really doing an effective job or not. The A is for achievable. Make sure you have the resources in-house, or if you don't have the resources in-house, uh, outsource to, to a qualified agency who can take care of, of, of uh, your needs for you to make sure that you can achieve uh, the goal that you've set forth. The R is for realistic. You may have the resources. It may be measurable. It may be specific. Uh, but if you want a cost per order of $2 and the average cost per click is $5, that's not too realistic. And then finally, the T is time-bound. It's helpful to, uh, to phrase your goals in terms of, uh, you know, I, I really want my CPA to be at this target by uh, September 1st or for the holiday season. And that really helps uh, narrow down your goals to a much more specific, uh, specific time frame so that you understand exactly how you're doing. Because as we know, especially with e-commerce, uh, companies do have various seasonality periods, and your goals are going to change based on that. Uh, jumping into tip number two, ensure that you have correct tracking. Your, your, your analytics are only going to be as good as the setup that you've done, the implementation, and the understanding. You know, a, a lot of companies, uh, when, they're, when they're reviewing analytics, they review the cost of analytics, but they don't really factor in what is going to be the cost of, of the, my talent on staff, or again, as an agency, to go through my analytics on a regular basis and really pick apart what my analytics are telling me as far as, as what's working and, and what's not working. And I'm sure, Jamie, you've probably seen, uh, you know, being in the analytics business for 10-plus uh, for years, you've probably seen your fair share of companies that have a real good analytics set up but aren't, don't either have the know-how or the time resources to really get the right information out of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and quick question, Brian, going back to your, your three main drivers of PPC performance, the macro-level campaign and website, are these 13 tips segmented into one of those three, or is that just to help uh, preference the, the, the conversation? The, the 13 are segmented into those three. So the first ones we're talking about are the macro, which is, again, dealing with uh, how well do you know yourself and your goals and your marketplace, how well do you know your competition and your demographics and your tracking and those types of things before we even talk about Google AdWords. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's so common to come across clients um, that, that um, you know, are, are either currently running PPC or, or would like to aggressively tackle their PPC marketing. And first and foremost, having an analytics background, we see so many clients and companies not tracking correctly. And, and you're absolutely right in terms of priority. Um, you can't measure what's not being measured. So um, being sure that the analytics and specifically, you know, the Google Analytics goals are set up. A lot of analytics have been tagged, but they're not properly setting up those goals. And then all of these 
um, you know, ROI goals or CPA goals become either unattainable or, you know, un- unable to optimize because conversion tracking hasn't been set up. Right. Yeah, I like, I like to view the analytics as really the roadmap to saving me dollars when it comes to PPC management. And, you know, again, if the company doesn't have the resources in-house, that's something where it's going to pay off for them to either contract those out or hire somebody who, who does have that because of the payback of, of really being able to understand your analytics and dig down deep into the segmentations that's available within your analytics, the payback is, is, is almost always positive. Let's, uh, let's jump into tip number three here. And we're still in the, in, in the macro realm, and that's understanding your marketplace. And, and first, with understanding your marketplace, uh, understand your competition. What are the keyword phrases that they're using? And just because they're using keyword phrases and they're showing highly for certain keyword phrases, don't fall into the trap thinking that, oh, I've got to put a bunch of money on these keywords. Uh, because, again, we see that in a lot of new clients who are bidding pretty aggressively on keywords that they think are driving sales. And as it turns out, those keywords are driving sales, but they're driving unprofitable sales because they're having to pay so much for those keywords. And sometimes they're not even driving qualified traffic to the site. So you need to be open to the idea that what you think uh, are the keywords that are driving the good traffic may not be that. Look at your competitor's ad creative. Know what their offers are. Know what their benefits are. Uh, are they offering free shipping? Are they offering a percentage off? Are they offering white papers? You want to make sure you learn as much about your competition as possible. And if you can't compete, for instance, on price, you know, promote a different benefit or, or a unique selling proposition that you have that you can offer. Uh, go to your competitor's website and view their websites not as a competitor, but view their websites from a customer's point of view, as if you really don't know very much about their products or services and you're doing research. Here's a, that's a great place where you can find their strengths and weaknesses that you can play off of when it comes to crafting your PPC ad creative. And then right. what I also like to do is uh, go into Google News and Yahoo News and do a search for those companies and see what their press releases are about or catch what, uh, what other, uh, other news you might be able to find about them. Uh, some of that can be, can be very, very helpful uh, to setting up your campaigns. And, uh, Brian, we're going to take a quick break here. But before we go, I just want to summarize for, for the listeners here. Um, we're going to be going through a 13-point checklist, and your top three right now, number one, are setting goals, number two, ensuring correct tracking, and number three, understanding your competition or your marketplace. Is that correct? Yeah. And actually, I, I kind of I went on to number four and kind of went through that too, but that's also understanding you and what makes your product or service unique and what are your resource limitations. Uh, and, and that way you, you can compare yourself adequately to the competition. Because remember, you only have 70 characters in, in your Google AdWords ad to convey that. So that's why it's so important to really understand that well. Great. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Stay tuned. We'll be right back, and we'll be getting to the nine more of the 13 PPC search marketing tips. Stay tuned for more Best Search Strategies. Hi, this is Joel Kamp. I want to take a moment to tell you about a revolutionary new theme for WordPress that's going to change the way you make websites. It's called the Socrates theme, and it is the number one WordPress product on ClickBank. You can see it in action right now at SocratesTheme.com. The Socrates theme has a ton of options for customizing your site, but what really makes it stand out is the ability to monetize your site instantly just by entering your ClickBank or AdSense IDs right inside the theme. That's right, there's no plugins needed. Go check it out now at SocratesTheme.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. 
Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, uh, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. Wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. SEM Synergy. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We now return with Best Search Strategies, presented by EngineReady.com. EngineReady doesn't just use the best search strategies, they create them. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Best Search Strategies. I'm Jamie Smith, hosting today with my co-host, Vice President of Marketing, Brian Lewis. We're talking today about the uh, 13-point checklist for successful PPC optimization. And Brian, I got a question. Are there any tools out there uh, to help identify what your competition is doing in PPC? Yeah, there's some really, really good tools. There's a tool by iSpinage, there's a tool by SpyView uh, that will give you information on what keywords your competitors are bidding, what their ad creative is. And uh, we like to use those tools, but I, I caution that use them with a little bit uh, with a grain of salt because you're not going to be able to see the conversion data. So what you're going to be able to see is where they're aggressively bidding, which ads they're aggressively promoting, but you don't really know what's working. So you don't want to follow them around the block if the block is not the way you want to go, if they're, if they're not doing things correctly. Right. Yeah, and, and my, my favorite tool that we, that we use at EngineReady.com, you can see it there, uh, is the Keyword Monitor, which um, just gives me a notification anytime um, a new competitor starts advertising for a keyword that I'm monitoring or any time my competitor that I'm monitoring changes their ad creative or changes their landing page so I can be sure that if they are making an offer uh, that makes my ad creative look you know, inferior, I can combat that, and I can also evaluate as new competitors um, you know, enter into my keyword space, um, I can, I can uh, you know, identify them and see what type of a threat they are. Let's talk about setting up and optimizing your accounts. Um, tell us some tips that you found have worked for, well for you or your clients? Well, the, the first place that obviously we want to start is in our keyword strategy. And I think most of our listeners are quite familiar with the different match types, broad phrase and exact match type. And, and I'm not going to go into a, a dissertation of the different ones, nor do we really have the time. Um, but it's important to understand that broad is important to cast that wide net to get that initial traffic and to learn which keywords, which potential keywords are the ones that are going to work well for you. But, of course, you've got to use caution with that because you're going to be getting perhaps a certain amount of unqualified traffic. You know, in the old days, Jim, you probably remember, it was almost guaranteed that you could get a better CPA off an exact match keyword than a broad match. And what happened is the level of sophistication in the marketplace and the level of competition increased such that the bids kept going up on the exact match, and the broad match terms really didn't. So, 
the old days of, hey, I, I want everything to be exact match is definitely not the case anymore. And you might actually find situations where a broad match might outperform, as, as far as a CPA, cost per acquisition, a, uh, an exact match term. You're absolutely you are doing right. Broad, and even when you're doing phrase, it's so important to have the right negative keywords. And, again, that's another thing that we find with brand-new clients. Uh, some clients have horrendously no negative keywords, and some, some are, are, have a very small amount. Uh, you want to be as exhaustive as possible. And, and so a lot of people ask me, you know, where can I get a list of good negative keywords that apply only to my product or service or my industry? And there's actually some very good, easy, free resources for that. First thing that I recommend, search on your main keywords and look at the other ads of your competitors and, and see are there products or services that they're offering that aren't related to you because these are the people that you're going to be competing against and you don't want to compete for products or services that you don't offer. Uh, also look through the organics and, and, and go through, you know, keep going through page, page two, page three, page four. There's some really good gems you're going to find that's, that where you're going to go, wow, you know, I don't carry this particular thing. I never would have thought of that, that that would show up under, under that search result. And that's another good source for uh, negative keywords. Uh, another good resource actually is on the Engine Ready site. And uh, the URL here, I'll give you the URL, but if, if, uh, if you can't write this down, just go to the Engine Ready site and go to our newsletters and you'll find it. EngineReady.com slash TXT slash negative dash keywords dot TXT. And we have over 400 common negative keywords. Uh, it's, it's a real jewel. You definitely want to go there, check some of those out. Uh, a lot of them deal with just common things like free uh, classes, courses, books, movies, DVDs, careers, jobs. You'd be surprised. Uh, how many how many of these negative keywords will really apply to you? So I definitely encourage you to to go check that out. Yeah, Brian, you bring up a, a really good point in that there's been such a change in how you optimize and how you set up your account, especially when you, when discussing the match types. The old strategy of working uh, working really hard and 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 basically, you know, using the long tail strategy of of uh, finding more relevant keywords that are uh, not being advertised by your competition and building out large, large groups of keywords to kind of outwork your competition. That strategy is kind of going away um, due, to, due to Google's you know, ability to more or less decrease the inventory by you know, letting you know that there's not enough search volume for that keyword or um, you know, the quality score factors, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but really, um, it's become more of a, you have to advertise for broad keywords or phrase matches and really be more aggressive with your negative keywords versus the other way around where it used to be all about building out exact match phrases, but now your exact matches might not even be shown, um, and you have to advertise for a more generic or broad match phrase and, and stuff your account with negatives. So it's a really good point. Yeah, and, and sometimes the clients are really amused when you show them some of the keyword phrases that people have actually landed on their site, uh, and then that amusement turns kind of to, to shock and horror and, and depression when they realize they've paid for these clicks. So and it's, what's uh, the it, easiest I, place know, to see those keywords? What's the easiest place to go see those keywords, Brian? There is in the uh, Google AdWords interface, when you're in your ad, ad group and you're looking at your keywords, you can actually uh, go to, it's called see search terms, and there's something uh, that will list all of the search terms that your visitors are visiting your site by clicking on your broad and phrase match terms. And it's a super place to find negative keywords for you. Okay. So we've got five out of 13. Let's move on to tip number six. 
Tip number six, geotargeting and ad scheduling. And, and I'm combining these two. We could spend a half an hour on each one. And in fact, uh, Jamie, I believe if you haven't done a show, I think you are doing a show on, on uh, geotargeting. Uh, here it's important. Study your analytics. Look for the most productive locations. Look for the most productive time, day and time period. Google, Google gives you all that flexibility where you can, uh, uh, you can go into your account and set it up to uh, be turned off at certain times or bid a certain percentage higher or lower during certain times or certain days, and also the same for uh, certain locations, whether it's a city, state, country, or, uh, or, or even a custom area that you define. And uh, tip number seven, make sure that you're breaking out your account in the most op uh, optimized way. And what I'm talking about here is we have campaigns and we have ad groups, and there's a reason why Google set it up that way. And you want to make sure that you break down your keywords into the most granular targeted ad groups possible. And there's a couple of reasons for this. One is that you can write a much more targeted ad. I mean, think of it this way. If, you have, if you're selling uh, shoes and T-shirts and you have them both in the same ad group, you can only have one ad. So you can't do a particularly good job of targeting either shoes or T-shirts in, in one ad. So you break that stuff out. The other thing, too, is that you tend to improve your quality score. And uh, quality score is another thing that we could probably spend two or three shows on. But quality score effectively is, is the, the god that is deciding how much you're going to pay per click. And it deals with the relevance of your keyword, the relevance of your ad, the click-through rate. And the more that you can break down your ad group into, into a more specific, granular level, the better chances you, ha you have of improving your quality score. And, and then finally, think about the way Google structured your campaign settings. Your campaign, campaign settings are things like uh, your daily budget, the geolocation, the language, the ad schedule. They give you the opportunity there to bundle your ad groups together into certain campaigns. So again, going back to the example where you sell uh, shoes and T-shirts, let's say you know, your primary business is selling uh, T-shirts and you want to allocate a much larger budget to that, you can do that by keeping that in a separate campaign uh, than uh, where your shoes are going to be. Yeah, so we're, we're over halfway through, 7 out of 13 tips. Um, but I think what you just brought up in terms of number 7 here, proper account structure, is one of the m most overlooked yet most important since Google rolled out its quality score algorithm. And, and being able to have thematically tightly knit ad groups that have very similar keywords in them is certainly going to help you write more targeted ads, but you're also typically going to get rewarded um, by having not irrelevant keywords grouped together, um, which, is, which is part of the, the score there. Um, we're on to number eight and, and um, getting close to taking a break, so uh, see if we can get to, to number nine here before our break. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to race through these. Uh, number eight is, is using the display network. And for those of you who haven't heard of the display network, it's the same thing as the content network. Google changed the name of it uh, probably about, uh, I'm going to guess it was mid-June time frame, uh, calling it the display network. Uh, but the thing about the, the display network is you definitely want to test it. Uh, but you've got to test it with some knowledge in front of you. And that knowledge is going to be, know that when people see your ads in the display network, that they're in a different frame of mind than those that are going to see you in search. I mean, these people are not necessarily looking for your product. They're looking for information. So you want to make sure you tailor your ads differently so that they're going to be more effective. And, and those, 
the different way you're going to want to tailor that ad is, is offer more information or be a little bit softer in the sales process. Because remember, these people aren't necessarily searching. They happen to see your ad when they're reading an article. And, and uh, finally, the last thing on the display network, always use a separate campaign. Don't ever mix your, your uh, display network tactics with your search tactics because uh, the display network could have a detrimental effect on uh, some of your search metrics. Hey, Brian, we've, nine, we've got to take time uh, gonna, for a quick break here. Um, before we get back to the final five tips. So um, hold, hold tight. We'll be right back. And uh, when we do return, we'll be covering the last five tips of PPC strategies with Brian Lewis, Vice President of Engine Ready. Stay tuned for more Best Search Strategies. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Public relations professionals understand the importance of branding. Invest in your next ad campaign with one of the premier branding innovators broadcasting on air and on demand to the internet business world. WebmasterRadio.fm Let our team customize your branding to target public relations professionals that access our public relations channel every day. Contact sales at WebmasterRadio.fm for a consultation today. Every affiliate marketer wants to build their own empire. Lavish trips, new cars, fancy threads. You know, be the talk of the town. That's why I found my empire with Empire Media. They work around the clock to customize my campaign. They have the connections, the clout, and the custom offers to monetize my website at every move. My website is measured and monetized to the max thanks to Empire Media. Look up EmpireMedia.com, E-M-P-Y-R-E-Media.com, and find out how fulfilling full-service affiliate marketing can be. Empire Media, reign over your competition. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We now return with Best Search Strategies, presented by EngineReady.com. EngineReady doesn't just use the best search strategies, they create them. Here are your hosts. Welcome back. I'm Jamie Smith, hosting this week's Best Search Strategies, hosted by Webmaster Radio. We are talking about the 13-point checklist for successful PPC campaigns, and we've gotten through um, eight of the 13, and I'll summarize those for, if, for those of you who may have missed the first half, where number one was setting goals, two, ensuring correct tracking, Number three, understanding your competition and marketplace. Number four, understanding you, <laughs> what makes you unique, and, and uh, how do you separate yourself from your competition. Number five, your keyword strategy with match types and negative keywords. Number six, geo-targeting and ad scheduling. Number seven, your proper account structure. And number eight, the display network that used to be called the, the, the content network. And now... We're on to number nine, Brian. Keep us going. I'm excited to have this checklist by my desk when I'm managing my accounts 
moving forward. Well, good, good. Well, let's 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 jump into number nine, which is ad creative. <clears throat> One of the most important things about your ad creative. You want to stand out from your competition because, quite frankly, how many of us really sit there and read the ads as, as customers or potential customers, especially if they're all saying the same thing? So do your best to, to, to stand out, to say something different, even test a question. We, you know, we, you, we as an agency tested uh, a headline that said, fed up with poor PPC results, question mark. And that worked quite well because people can relate to a question. Uh, don't just put your company name in, in the title of your ad, of your ad creative. Uh, you really want to try to hone in on a benefit of your product or service. Uh, be careful of advertising percent off. Now, I see this all the time, and I, I kind of chuckle when I see it because you'll, you'll see uh, an ad, in, uh, a Google ad where it'll say 25% off, and then you know, two entries down you'll see a competitor say 35% off, and it's like, wow, the guy who's saying 25% off is not looking at his competition because uh, I don't think he's going to get a very good click-through rate when when people are seeing that someone else is offering a better deal than he is. So you want to be very, very, very careful with that. And, and try to get your copy to reflect where the buyer is in the buying cycle. In general, you can tell where the buyer is in the buying cycle based on uh, the length of the keyword. If, if the keyword, if they're searching on a one keyword phrase, they're probably in the get information gathering stage, and you probably want to maybe make a little bit of a softer sell and provide more information. Uh, if, for instance, they're putting in a specific you know, a DVD player, a, a, a Samsung DVD XL148A, and that probably means they got that credit card ready, and you can get a little bit more aggressive with, with your ad copy. Okay. So those actually cover everything on the campaign side. Uh, for those of, you, those of you who've been with us since the beginning, we talked about the macro checklist items, the four checklist items in the macro area. We just covered the areas, uh, the checklist in the campaign area, and now we're going to jump real quickly into uh, the last four pieces of the checklist, which cover your website. Yeah, and it seems to be these strategies are, are kind of segmented. Those first nine um, fall into what would I'd consider a post-click or pre-click optimization. Um, so this last section or, or um, last four tips um, are tied to post-click. Is, is that correct? And, and um, um, could you elaborate on that? Yeah, this last section is definitely post-click. It's, it's kind of like a good old-fashioned marketing. I mean, here's now you, you, you've paid for this visitor. They're on your site, and you better make sure you're doing everything possible you can to, to convert that, that uh, visitor. And one of the things that you can do to help do that is present the information in an easy-to-scan, easy-to-read format. I think that's probably one of the most pressing challenges for marketers is how they organize all that information on a web page. They know they've got to present a lot of informa information. We want to make sure that this buyer knows everything about the a potential buyer does everything about the, the, the product or service, and how can you present that without making them look at the page and say, oh, my God, I'm not going to read all this. And there's, there's various ways to do that, you know, using bullets, using tabs. Um, the best thing to do is look at what your competition is doing, look at what people even outside your industry are doing, and then test. Uh, but most importantly, present that information so that people can read the information easily and drill down where they want to drill down without bogging down your entire audience. You also want to make the call to action very prominent and create a sense of urgency if you can. Anytime you know, anytime you can say uh, something, uh, if the e-commerce inventory is limited, act now, uh, expiration date, anything like that that's going to make somebody think twice about clicking that, that back button, thinking that, hey, I really do need to order right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fear of, fear of loss, it create a sense of urgency definitely has worked in the landing page testing that we've done. But you have to be careful not to 
um, overextended. And, and for example, for those of you who've been to one of those websites where you get there and the clock starts counting down that this offer is going to expire, I mean, you know that's kind of a, a fluff setting, if you will. Um, so use those kind of uh, sense of urgencies, you know, with some legitimacy um, where you don't turn off a, a potential customer. Um, Absolutely. Right. And so what, what and happens, Brian? Call to action. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, one, one last thing on the call to action is if your page does require scrolling, and that's not necessarily the most, the most terrible thing in the world, despite what you may hear, uh, if it does require scrolling, now on the other hand, actually, if you do have to make them scroll four or five pages, that probably is the most terrible thing. But if they do have to scroll a little bit, you're going to want to repeat that call to action uh, down below the fold because they may have forgot about the call to action. They may not want to scroll back up. So if they have to scroll down, put that call to action also below the fold. Make it easy for them to, to contact you. Give them all the information. Give them your phone number, uh, your email address, everything, you know, even, even click the chat. Try all those things because you don't want to lose that visitor. Right. Uh, all right. We've got two more items to cover here in, in probably about two more minutes. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Point check. Okay, item number 12. You want to make sure that you're promoting credibility with testimonials, uh, industry t trust insignias, things like you know the VeriSign or the McAfee Scan Alert, uh, Better Business Bureau, industry associations, and this is particularly important unless you're a really well-known company. I mean, if you know if you're a Best Buy, uh, you probably don't have to worry quite as much about it as you do for for most of us small to mid-sized companies. But you know, think about it. Most of the companies uh, that you, the most websites that you go to from an AdWords ad, you probably haven't heard of before, you're going to want to see some credibility. Your, your visitors are going to want to see some credibility. They're going to want to see the testimonials, the customer reviews, and those, those trust insignias. And then lastly, uh, the final tip, which easily could be a whole session all by itself, is always test your landing pages. Uh, never run, never, never run a landing page without doing at least an A-B split test because you're wasting an opportunity. And uh, you know, I've gotten into discussions with people that say, you know, you don't want to test during your holiday season. And my reply to that is if you don't test during your holiday season, how are you ever going to know if you have the most optimized page during the holiday season? So I'm always a strong proponent of testing landing pages. And A-B, if you have the traffic, enough traffic, multivariate testing is even better. Yeah, and there's a lot of emphasis on test, test, test. But I also see a lot of mistakes being made when you go to launch an A-B test or a multivariant test that you haven't really identified what are your goals, what are you trying to accomplish here, um, similar to, you know, I don't know how many of you did this when you were back in elementary school, but spitting in a Petri disc and seeing which Petri disc grew, grew mold, and it was an A-B test, um, and you'd have to, you know, write a hypothesis and, and, and analyze what you thought was going to happen. Well, the same thing applies with your landing page testing, you know, print up the current landing page, circle areas on the page that you think you'd like to test or different offers that you'd like to do, and make a, make a, um, a hypothesis of what you think is going to happen and then report back the results. So kind of begin with the end in mind. Don't just start testing frantically because then you can be drawing the wrong conclusions as to what element on the page or what offer change did I make that actually improved or decreased my conversion rate. Well, thanks again, Brian, for sharing that 13-point checklist. You can catch all the new episodes on webmasterradio.fm every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, and if you miss a live episode, feel free to check out the archives at webmasterradio.fm, uh, engineready.com, or at bestsearchstrategies.com. In addition to, um, you can download them or listen to them on iTunes. 
For those of you who will be in San Francisco next month, uh, August 17th and 18th, I'll be presenting at the Search Engine Strategies Conference. Love to see you if you are in the area. Otherwise, tune in next week and uh, looking forward to, to seeing or speaking with you soon. Thanks for joining Best Search Strategies. Take care.